0: So I had a tiny bit of follow-up from the last time we talked. Okay. When we were talking about, like, what game we're looking most forward to this year uh, for Xbox. Oh, right. I yes. said mm-hmm. Ori in the Blind Forest when that was a mistake. Ori in the Blind Forest does not come out this year.
1: Well, you mean
0: will of the wisp does not come out this year. Or, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ori, or... Ori so, two, Ori two does not come out this year. <laughs> you
1: know, I had a I had a, uh, a a conversation with somebody about that particular game, and him saying how Xbox can't claim that it, it's exclusive to Xbox and Windows ten because you'll be able to find it on Steam, but apparently Steam isn't going to carry it. So I was very easily and quickly able to shut him up, which was very. I got to admit, I'm not one to you know regale when I can get one over somebody but this particular person I was like okay shut up (laughs) (laughs) I love you man you're you're great as a person but when we get into these conversations shut up
0: (laughs) well it's because most of the time these people are aren't looking to have an actual conversation they're just trying to rile you up they're just trying to start something they're not actually trying to like hey what are your thoughts on this
1: well it's funny because they are what internet trolls are in real life because they know they can get away with it in regards to saying things about the company that you and i work for because we can't do anything right we can't blow up at their face because if we do then we'll get in trouble with our bosses or whatever and then all you know all hell breaks frankly it just looks bad It does. So they can say pretty much anything that they want about about the product. I've never had someone directly attack me as a person, which is good. You know, knock on wood. Um, But yeah, when this individual was saying he enjoyed the Sony briefing much more. Oh, and by the way, he didn't even know what a briefing was. He called it the Sony conference. I'm like, well, no, it's a briefing convention was the it was this whole whole thing that was a good five five minute conversation but at the end of it yeah going back to your point yes ori and the will of the wisp is is not coming out till till next year but you also had mentioned tunic is that coming out this year
0: no that's another 2018 or sorry 2019 title i can't even okay so
1: you're you're stuck with uh forza horizon 4 boom yeah There we go. I'm
0: I'm genuinely very happy for Forza. I'm still, like, fingers crossed holding out that the next DLC that they do, um, like, is another Hot Wheels. Like, honestly, that was the thing that got me into Forza, like, for reals. Like, I still liked Mm -hmm. Forza before, but my goodness, best thing in the world.
1: Well what I like to what I like about Hot Wheels in general is that they don't skimp on the different themes, right? So we've got the fire theme with the fire rings and, and, and the loop-de-loops and stuff, and that's awesome. Then you have dinosaurs because why the hell not? Dinosaurs make sense, dinosaurs and cars. So if you just look at the other Hot Wheels play sets that they have available for kids when we were kids or when you know kids these days there's so much more out there and I, and i'm not i'm not referring to the uh, the licensed ones cuz you know those are a little bit harder to get the marvel ones and whatnot but if we could get one that is fashioned off of something that is relevant f- for the kids of today's hot wheels that would be immensely awesome and put that in the uk holy balls
0: let's go <laughs> Yeah, I I really really hope that they just come out with another DLC pack for that because it was just so much fun. Like yeah. the way the way I describe it to people is, you know, that moment in Finding Nemo when they hit the uh, the current and they start going really really fast on the back of the was sea turtle. Was that the
1: EAC? Was
0: that the EAC? Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, righteous! righteous. Yeah, exactly. It's that that is exactly what comes into my mind when I play that every single time. It's just righteous righteous <laughs> just at a constant rate
1: i can actually see you saying that very loud in a game stop in front of like four random strangers looking at you like this guy's enjoying himself way too much and you're like yeah this is amazing
0: <laughs> so what <laughs> i'm having fun and you're not
1: no seriously it it really is so much fun and it, it, when you when you get into that that first person view too, going on those loop de loops if if you can hit those double loop de loops without hitting the side of the wall like if you're if you can keep that that steering wheel steady enough and it it's it's just magical mm-hmm. <laughs> it really it really is
0: they they definitely blew it out of the park with that one no
1: they did they did
0: so yeah, that would be my hopeful. Like I'm already looking forward to Horizon as it is, but I'm really hoping that they saw how successful Hot Wheels was, and that they're like, okay, let's do it again. We'll do something first, and then we'll do Hot Wheels again.
1: What do you think that something first would be? Because the Blizzard Mountain was an interesting twist. I didn't, you know, when when you think of Australia, you don't really think of their 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 winters. Um, In fact, when you think of winter in Australia, you, I guess, incorrectly. I was told think that uh, think that our winter is actually their summer, and I don't know. I was told that's kind of incorrect. I don't know, whatever. Um, but you don't think of snow, and I, I really did enjoy Blizzard Mountain, and plus some of the cars that you could get, like those humongous SUVs with the snow treads and, and stuff. I, I I did enjoy that. But what do you think they could do for the UK, like?
0: Um I could see them either moving to something like a major city like do a small DLC pack of like a major city like do New York or something crazy like that. Uh New or... York to to the UK? No no no, so like you know how Dis- uh, Blizzard Mountain was like its own thing, right? Like you d- you left Australia for Blizzard Mountain.
1: No okay maybe we have to sidebar this, but I was under the impression that Blizzard Mountain was just in the higher mountains within Australia. Are there parts of
0: Australia that get snow? There are. (laughs) That's a genuine question. That's,
1: that's, that's why I'm, that's, that was my whole, my, my whole exposition before about thinking when you think of Australia, you don't think of snow, but this, this, this was a really good DLC. Yeah, uh, here. It, it says, um, with sunlight bouncing off the snow and ice, frozen lakes, yada, 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 under the mountains, all new Australian winter skies. Bloody, bloody, blah.
0: I'll take it then.
1: Okay. Take it and chew on that.
0: So now we have an actual answer. It does take place in Australia. It's not separate. Right.
1: Well, again, if you're... if if uh, Not to split hairs uh, uh, even more, but when you take the transport it it's just a it's just a like a single helicopter ride over i i i wouldn't think that they would take you to a completely different continent in that small single heli uh, you know
0: helicopter that can only hold one car at a time <laughs> okay uh if we're if we're sticking with the reality where <laughs> where did they build Hot wheels,
1: <laughs> where could they build well your your um so your initial thought was you know uh go to a major metropolitan uh place, and so we know it's gonna be you know around the u k we have seen city streets in the demo as well as in the trailer right. I, I cannot discern whether those city streets are of, like, greater London or, like, in the outskirts in, in Surrey or Sussex or something like that. I, I don't know. Okay. But assuming that it is already London or something that is supposed to look like London, um, then they can do maybe what they did with Hot Wheels in Forza Horizon 3, which is basically they just kind kind of built around it. And expanded on it.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully they just do Hot Wheels. That's all I ask.
1: <laughs> you are starting to do a little bit more video. We, we finally figured out why your iPhone uh, doesn't uh, really mesh too well right now with HitFilm, but I think we might have figured out a, a workaround. But
0: um, not even a workaround. I'm... It's just because I'm. I want. The best, and when it's like, hey, you can have this high resolution. I don't read anything else. Well, I didn't read anything else. I was just like, do it. And right. the problem was, is it's like, okay, we can, but it's under these strict circumstances, and the circumstances yeah. don't align with hit film.
1: That's unfortunate. Well, when when you do find a, a pro- product that does work for you, and you might want to upload to YouTube as your channel grows, um, you know, when you hit a thousand. Uh, subscribers on YouTube that's when you can start monetizing your videos uh, but even with that uh, YouTube monetization you only get uh, fractions of a penny per per view so that's why a lot of creators have branched out to creating Patreon pages and things like that so last week at VidCon um, kind of a YouTube uh, creators convention in Anaheim YouTube announced a couple of new tools um, one of which is very similar to Twitch or Mixer uh, it's it's called membership so basically you can subscribe at $5 a month to your favorite channel and as long as that channel has a minimum of 100,000 subscribers or more how many over 100,000 subscribers
0: oh just a fair few
1: to a fair few yeah um so so the 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 minimum requirement is 100,000 subscribers or more and you as the creator have to be over the age of 18 and you have to be admitted to the partner program. Um, generally speaking, if you hit 100,000 subscribers, you probably hit the partner program. Unless you're one of those people that just re-uploads snippets of Family Guy episodes, then I don't think you can be part of the partner program. <laughs> um, but you, co- you can't make money on those either. They, they're not going to monetize those, obviously. So, um, so there was so there was that announcement, and then in addition to that, YouTube says that they are actually partnering with a company that you might be familiar with, um, uh, called um, what are they called? Teespring. So, Teespring makes a lot of the creators' like uh, apparel. So they have like the brand name on the T-shirt, and you can buy it. A fraction goes back to the creator, and they're going to put it. Uh, the uh, the opportunity to buy the merch within the YouTube video, like right underneath the video, right below the description of what that video is. So, I wanted to bring this up because I'm a creator on YouTube. I've got three channels, one of which is, okay, none of them are close to any of this. Because uh, the most I have is uh, six thousand, close to 6,000 subscribers on one of my channels. But um, I want to know what you thought, I guess, uh, fundamentally speaking, if if this is a, like a good move that YouTube's trying to do or is it kind of too little too late because a lot of the creators have gone off and did their own thing and it seems to be working for them.
0: Well, my first question would be is how competitive are they to something like uh, Teespring going you know, direct, how competitive are they to Patreon and all these other ones that people are already partnered through. Like, I wouldn't move partners if I'm uh, already you know, doing good and they're like, hey, you can come with us and it'll be less, but you know what? It'll be through YouTube, so it's
1: better. This is kind of geared toward the audience that is at 999,000 subscribers. We're not 900, or like they're at 99,000 subscribers, right? Is that is that the number? Yeah, 99,000 subscribers. And they're just 1,000 subscribers away from being able to take advantage of this. And they've maybe considered getting into merch, and they're not quite sure. They maybe consider going to Patreon, and they're like, I don't really know how to... You know, the, there's all these
0: extra things that I would have to go and do. The other question I would have then is is there eventuality where they force this upon people where they're saying through our terms and conditions you can partner with us and only us? YouTube could. They they totally could do that. Um, It would shoot themselves in
1: the foot though pretty drastically because already uh, creators that have made a living on YouTube hate YouTube. Right. And what I mean by that, like they, they love the fans, they love the views, and they love the uh the conversations that they can have they don't with like the YouTube people in corporate. They don't like the platform because the platform mentality is very like it's not fast enough to change with how the trends change. And then when they finally catch up, it's sometimes a little too little too late. So I I personally like this like when, when Google has done other things in the past where, um, I guess, uh, podcasting would be a good example. So I, I, when I listen to podcasts, I use an application called pocket cast. It's a $5 application. Um, although it might be free now, now it's owned by a consortium, uh, including NPR and a few other companies, but, My point is Google now has their own podcasting app. And why I think that is good for them is because now it just makes it that much easier for people to just listen to podcasts because they see a name that they recognize. And they are already ingrained in the system that got them there. Mm -hmm. So if you're using YouTube and you're like, you know what? I know everyone over there is on patreon and everyone over there is is using all these kind of third party companies to to do merch and everything and it, and it seems to work well for them but depending on what the terms and conditions are with youtube like if there's no contract if you could just try it out try out the merchandise partnership with teespring for a, for a year or a couple of months or something and it just doesn't pan out or you're not making enough money then, then that would be okay. But if, if YouTube says, no, you have, you have to stick with us and that's it, that's when people are going to start being like, you know what? Instagram launched IGTV, so I might just do that instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up another point is they're uh, Instagram starting to try to get into the uh, like video game. But was I reading correctly on that Instagram TV, th- TV that you could only upload in vertical, not... Uh landscape? Right. Wait, that, so, so that's real. That that is this not is, a joke.
1: This is the old man uh curmudgeon in you and in me. Because both you and I are sticklers for if you are going to upload a video, it needs to be in, in landscape or or horizontal. But the reality is most of us actually retain and consume a lot more video except for, let's say, like Netflix and Hulu, vertically. Instagram Stories, Snapchat. Um, when you're just scrolling through Facebook, you don't have to turn your phone 90 degrees to, to watch it. You just you just watch the video on Facebook and then you scroll up. Um, so the, the idea with this is that it's it's taking advantage of people that, that are already used to just watching videos vertically. And, you know, as much as you and I can cringe at the thought of vertical video being the hallmark for this product, I think it actually creates a new way of creation because now you have to force yourself To bring the attention literally directly into the center of what you are doing. So that changes a couple of filmmaking mentalities where you can't really have thirds. You know, you can't use the rule of thirds and have someone off to the side. Like, there's no side. There's just dead straight on. And depending on what kind of creator you are, that could be a benefit or it could be a disadvantage um, what some creators are doing is they're actually uploading videos um and they're making the video uh i don't know how to describe it without showing but they're making the video horizontal but they're they're just putting it into a very very small box so it doesn't so it doesn't take up the full frame and that's not what instagram t v or i g t v is is trying to do so um
0: but it doesn't sound like you you buy into this at no, all. No, that still sounds awful. Like no, we we <laughs> did not make uh portrait TVs. We made landscape TVs. Everything went wide and is going ultra wide for like IMAX and stuff like No. <laughs> We're
1: but but see see what you're referring to. You're talking about TVs, monitors, IMAX. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Instagram. A phone app so if if you if you just think about the amount of times that you actually turn your phone sideways to take in content compared to the amount of times that you just leave it vertically you have to admit your phone is vertical I would say 85 to 90 percent of the time and actually instagram themselves they were they were testing this out and they actually found That uh, through uh, some, I guess, product testing or uh, uh, beta testing, that a good amount of people actually enjoy the vertical videos a lot more than having to take the extra second or two to turn the phone sideways.
0: I feel like this goes into just people being lazy, though. Like, it's just a convenience kind of thing, not uh, what is better, what looks better, that kind of thing. It's just what people do. Well, Instagram's
1: got a billion users. Finally, they they hit they hit that billion. Um, It was up from eight hundred million in September, so that's a that's a huge amount of growth. Um, You know they they have to stay relevant, and I would argue, although that they stole completely stole the idea of Instagram Stories from Snapchat that has been the default storyteller place for, for creators and people that, that you and I both follow. And that's also in vertical. So why, why is that to you? Why is, and and even you were, you've been on Snapchat or you you still have Snapchat. Why is that more acceptable to you than this?
0: Well, it's, it's the medium, right? It's the, the point of the video's, they're supposed to be in portrait, right? there you go. That's the point that instagram's supposed to make but that's the thing is I'm not recording an hour long video for everyone to watch at their leisure uh, okay so i'll I'll agree with you on that.
1: Hour is a little long, but what if it was like a three minute maybe five minute video tops that was just in portrait mode and it was completely different from um uh, I'll, I'll put into I'll put it to, into terms that you might really enjoy. How about if it was like not an Instagram story, not an Instagram live, but a more um, much better produced video of behind the scenes on how they made um, Forza Horizon Four, and why they don't put it on YouTube? I don't know, but let's just say they put it on Instagram stories, and it's produced very well, and it. You know, it is in portrait, but you're able to see everything that you need to see. You're able to watch the interviews, um, and it and it looks great. Would that be acceptable to you?
0: No, (laughs) it's not. The (sighs) we don't. I guess my point is the inverse to that would be like somebody making a complete documentary on Snapchat which they have no
1: yeah who um vice did one it was more of an experiment to see if it works and it does but because snapchat is snapchat you know it you have to save the story and this was before saving stories was even possible so you had to you had to keep up throughout the whole day but it was very well very well produced down. And I think I think the problem and it's 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 not oh, sorry, it's not a problem, but I think the mindset that you have of the medium is is I don't want to say closed-minded, but it's also not where Instagram is looking. So you're you're looking at the more traditional model of uh of a viewing prof- like professionally produced content i think instagram is kind of trying to figure and pigeonhole their way in between vertical video like just kind of uh videos that it doesn't really matter if they're not produced well or not it's it's instagram it's it it it's not a big deal um with something where you can actually take the time to to color grade, you can edit, transition, um, you know, get focused and, and do all those other things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It would I'm not saying it's going to work, <laughs> but I I I I am not in in the opinion that it's going to be a flop either though. I think it's interesting. And as a creator, I have no freaking clue what I would put on there. Because that it, it is a very specific thing to be able to show on Instagram TV, IGTV, because you don't just want to re-upload your YouTube videos because they're either going to be super squished and you're going to miss everything because it's off to the side, or even if it's not, it's just going to be redundant. You know what I mean? so it, it you would you would have to create specific content for vertical video long form vertical video and that's going to be that's going to be interesting i do predict something though and it's going to piss you off but i do predict this that by the year by the year's end we will see some sort of physical contraption that i don't know just makes it easier for people to create igtv um, uh, episodes what
0: would be a physical contraption are you talking about like those uh snapchat glasses
1: Maybe. Sure.
0: Yeah. Why, why
1: the hell not? I mean, it could, it could be glasses. It could be a gimbal. Um, uh, there, there, the, um, some of these, uh, editing programs, um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a ton more on the phone editing programs that are optimized for IGTV editing. I mean, this is, this is going to create a huge business, uh, not just for Instagram, but for all the, you know, surrounding companies, whether they be software or hardware, um, uh, because this is a boat that, that everybody is like, either they're already on it or they're looking at it and wondering where the boat's going to go, or they're like you and walking away and taking the plane to YouTube land. But I think, um, for someone who can be super creative and super unique and, uh, they can bring a, a different Visual aspect to how we uh, consume our content, IGTV might be might be very interesting. Now, as a, they they haven't really explained how ad revenue shares are going to work. Uh, right now, there are no ads at all, but we know that there are going to be ads later on. But even even so, um, I'm just interested to see if this takes off. I would like to talk to you about this a year from now to see if you change your mind, though.
0: Well unless it's somebody's blog right now, thumbs down, so you and I travel quite a bit for work, sometimes even out of state um mm-hmm. and then obviously we have our personal lives where you travel a bunch and someone in uh proposed an interesting question is, would you pay more for a child free flight
1: in this hypothetical in my then that means I can't be with
0: my family, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, you're like your youngest would not be allowed on the flight. Yeah. The, I, I, several things come to mind is like how young is a child? Like what, what do you find as a child? Like, cause I know, I know six year olds that can behave themselves really well. Mm-hmm. And I know 12 yeah. year olds that are screaming in Walmart.
1: Yes. We've seen that firsthand. <laughs> Um, I know some twenty year olds that can act like children too, and they <laughs> should be seen, not heard uh fundamentally speaking, I think that it is a little much to ask. You're already in a metal tube, and you're all trying to get to the same place and You've already split up that tube into three sections if you're on a long flight. First, class, business, and then economy. So, My initial thought is, well, hey, if you don't want to be sat near the screaming children, you can pay a little extra to get away from them. Because most likely, most likely, screaming children are not going to be found in business or first. Now, there's obviously exceptions to that rule, but more, more, more likely than not, they're going to be in economy because most families, middle-class aren't going to spend, you know, $2,000 on a plane ticket for their six-year-old's little booty. So, uh, I think that's the answer, but just having a flat-out child-free flight, that's going to, uh, Cause a ruckus in the airline industry and not a good one.
0: Yeah, that it brings a couple things to mind. I mean, one thing to note is like trains have already done this. They have a quiet car where you're supposed to be quiet, uh, which is I think is a good idea on a train. You know, have somewhere where it can just be calm. But at the sure. same time, sure, trains are a lot bigger than a little plane, even, even the biggest planes possible. And you're still not what a train can be.
1: The, the biggest, the biggest planes that I've seen are being used by like Qantas and that really expensive Saudi Arabian airline air emeritus or something. Emirates, Emirates air. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Um, They're big enough to have a bar, like a beautiful bar with a bartender. And I'm sure if they wanted to, they could put a pool table in there as well, too. But my point is, like, if, if they wanted to, to make it more, more child-friendly, they could have, like, a daycare center or daycare area that does have blocked off walls. And, you know, after takeoff and before landing and during certain hours of the flight, you can send your kids back there and maybe there would be some sort of not a lottery but some sort of organization so not all 20 kids are back there at the same time like maybe five at a time they would have bracelets and they'd be color coordinated (laughs) um and you know when just you know like when you go to the uh i don't know if if you've ever experienced this but when you go to one of those trampoline parks where they just have trampolines for you to jump on Uh, you're only allowed to be there for for like an hour and a half, and that's determined based on the wristband that you have. And they'll they'll say, gold wristbands, you're done. Green wristbands, uh, you can go on for another half an hour. And, you know, they could do something similar to that. But then the kids would be able to get all of their physical aggression out, be able to run around in a somewhat confined area, but they'd still be able to run around watch Dora the Explorer, or play video games. And then when their time is up, then then they can go back and hopefully by then they would be quiet enough to maybe sleep for the rest of the flight. And as a parent, that would be amazing. Also as a parent though, that would be a germ-infested environment. So I'm not sure if I would even let my kids go there. But I'm just saying that might be a solution. Oh,
0: that also brings up another point of like the way you're describing kids. These kids that you're describing are like at minimum four years old. But you see a lot of times the people that we complain the most about on flights are usually under two, under one. You're
1: right. So they wouldn't go to daycare. They would be in some sort of cradled seat, and uh, they would just be in their mother or father's arms crying half the time. What to do about those? Right. Well, again... Kick them off the flight. In your... Um, I, I want to say that is not uncommon. Like, I want to say that I'm sure that has happened. Like someone has made a big enough complaint and enough of the other passengers are just like, we, we can't, we can't have this. Your baby is teething. And this is a 12 hour flight. I'm not going to listen to a, a teething baby for 12 hours. And I'm sorry you're trying to go to your your nephew's wedding, but come on, lady. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I can definitely see that being a situation where the lady had to have been escorted off. I want to say I've heard that before, too.
0: I feel like logistically it would be really hard, too, because let's say that there's two flights in a day, okay? Lo- small airport, small location that they're going to, okay? And let's say those okay. two flights are one is kid-free and the other one isn't. Both not entirely full, but, you know, one is and one isn't. Um, And the first flight gets canceled. So everybody gets bumped to the second flight. But that first flight had kids on it. Right. So what do then?
1: Well, then it's that kerfuffle that I was talking about. Because when you're not filling up seats, you're losing money. And if you're not filling up seats just because... They're not going to be um, taken up by uh, by kids, and you're hoping that just a bunch of single f- f- people or non-family uh, people are going to take up the rest of that other flight. That's a that's a, a juggle in its own. But then, if one flight gets canceled, then you have to take into account. Well, we can bump those people to the other flight. But then we need to offset the cost that they paid extra to have a kid-free flight.
0: And then we're losing money on that. And then also you got unhappy people because they paid the money and now they're not getting it. And sure, you're refunding the difference, but...
1: It doesn't matter. I I don't... In this hypothetical, I don't want kids. I don't want to see kids. I don't want to hear any video games. I don't want to hear any little tiny screams. I just want to get to my destination and yeah i that that would that would just be terrible for the airline um i remember the story that i was thinking of there was a family that was going to i think it was disneyland or disney world and the father bought an extra seat to put his I don't know eight month nine month year old daughter in a in a car seat, but he bought the seat to put the car seat on there okay, so what had happened was that I guess somebody on standby really needed to go or or something, but it got to the point where the uh the not stewardess but the um what are, the flight attendants and then the air marshal got involved in saying, hey, look, I re- we realize that your whole family is here. We realize that you bought this ticket for the seat. But we need you to hold the baby so we can let this other person on. Like, well, I'm not going to hold the baby for the whole flight. Like, well, we need the seat. Like, well, I bought this seat. Yes, but you're not really using it. And actually... We don't allow you to put the car seat on this on our seats because it's unsafe. We actually ask you to hold the baby like well, that's not gonna happen because I bought the seat and it was this whole thing ends up that they they kicked the whole family off the flight. holy moly really yeah um the the uh the airline apologized they they gave him a full reimbursement and they they eventually the family eventually went off to to their trip and everything. But, you know, it was all over YouTube, all over Reddit. People, you know, put it on Snapchat and everything. It was this whole kerfuffle. And it was was around the time that um, that doctor got knocked out, if you remember that one. (laughs) So it was a really bad time for airlines in general and airline customer service in general. But I remember this vividly because I always made a mental note that If I take my kids anywhere that required an aeroplane, I would make sure that the kids would be able to sit in their seat like normal. I wouldn't have to hold them and that they would be uh, very manageable on the plane. And I've got to admit, when we went to London, they were amazing. They were great. My daughter even made a friend. It was awesome. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, if you have kids like that, because my kids are awesome, then good on you, but if you got whiny kids, yeah, maybe you need to stay at home and teach them a thing or two. But if you have no other choice because you have to make your destination, um I think social norm deems that if you're the other passenger, you just gotta grin and bear it and deal with it, or, as I said, pay the extra and get to the front of the plane
0: or don't pay the extra and just buy the Bluetooth sound-canceling headphones and call it a day permanently.
1: And that's a solution too. I mean, if you're willing to pay an extra $1,000 for a seat up at front, that you know, it's great service and it goes all the way back into a bed. That's great and all, but that's only for one flight. Uh, Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones, that's forever. Or for the life of the product. <laughs> Alright, well that was fun, man. Did you enjoy it?
0: I don't know. Did you,
1: did you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much, Quentin.
0: Um, always a pleasure. Where can people find you on the internets on Twitter? Hey, I even posted on Instagram and Xbox at firewall. As
1: for me, you can find me on Twitter at lazy and all the other links, including YouTube and Instagram can be found in the podcast description, but you can follow both of us on Twitter at still recording If you're listening to this on the Anchor app uh, via anchor.fm, you can leave us a message and maybe we'll play it one of these days. But thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll talk to you in the next one. Later. Bye. Bye.